Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are an awfully good podcast about awfully awful books. This week, we're, uh, <laughs> we are reading the first half of Nicholas Sparks's Dear John. It is by far the worst book we've ever read. Any Oh my god. Yeah, this is the nadir of my podcast life. I just... <laughs> It's, it's this impossible valley that I can't escape. <laughs> uh, if you are interested in, quote-unquote, reading along with us, you can get the audiobook for free if you go to audiblepodcast.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, podcast.com, slash read it and weep. Sign up for a trial subscription to Audible. It's free, and you keep the free book even if you cancel in the first week. And it helps us out, which I know you want to do. Then read along. We're doing just the first four discs today. Uh, joining me very special panel today first of all he's got a hardcore barbed wire tattooed outer shell but inside he's soft it's uh, ezra i have a chinese tattoo that means uh go fuck yourself also join us today he's he's shocked that all these college kids are experimenting with sex and alcohol and he'll unload all of his emotional baggage on you on the second date still you just might fall in love with him ladies and gentlemen it's chris hey there even though i'm from the mountains i'm surprisingly aware of what everybody's up to <laughs> Well, you know, I'll, I'll leave that for you to judge. <laughs> and we've got a very special guest tonight. Uh, he's so in love with you, he'd happily loan his clothes to your new boyfriend for your dates. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Nick. Sometimes I just like to help and make people build things they don't want to build. <laughs> <laughs> you're nice, but you're also kind of pushy. I like that about you. And uh, last of all, of course, I'm your host. I'm here because sometimes writers confuse hobbies with characters. Uh... Actually, I was going to say that, and then it turns out I'm autistic, so I'm no longer allowed to be made fun of. My name's Alex. <laughs> actually, so, Nick, one of the things I wanted to say was I asked you to be on this show before I'd actually read this half of the book, so I would just like to say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we can still be friends after this. You know, I'm sorry. I didn't hate it, which was the terrifying part. Like, I was listening to it, and I was like, this is kind of like Point Break from North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> surfer and the roles are reversed and there's no religion or anything in the other one but i was like okay okay <laughs> i think i'm kind of with nick on this one i don't think this is the worst thing we've done Ooh. yeah strong high praise right We're getting a tad bit ahead of ourselves. I think we should actually we should summarize the plot. No, no, we should we should compliment before we do any of this. Ooh. We like to begin and end with a compliment. Call it a compliment sandwich. It seems fair. Uh, Nick, since you are joining us for the first time, you have the choice of going first or last in the compliment round. Which would you prefer? Um, I'll go now. That's fine. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what's some one thing nice you'd say about this book? I actually really liked his take on the military and military life uh, when he was talking about being in the military and why people do it, right? And he's dispelling the notion that it's all about God and country and all of these things. And he's just like, listen, it's for your buddy. It's for your best friend. It's the person next to you. And the reason why you keep going through it is because they depend on you with their life and you depend on them. And I, I thought that was, it felt pretty honest and real and probably a lot like what actually happens in the military. Uh, you are uh, clearly new here. That was a very <laughs> earnest compliment. Man. Yeah, you sounded so goddamn sincere. You gotta drop the act, man. <laughs> uh, honestly, I think I teared up a little bit there. 
I mean, I think you're right about it, but uh, just for contrast, does somebody have a really snarky compliment to follow that? Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Go. <laughs> okay. So the point at which John goes into a rage from emotions. His role um, rage. Yeah. Right. He starts beating on frat brothers, and he senses somebody behind him. And then he winds up elbowing Tim in the nose and breaking his nose and sending him to the ground. Now, Tim, bless him, they think might be in love also yeah. with Savannah, but he dotes on her like a brother. Now, in the South, you'd say that, but up here you'd say, well, he might be gay. <laughs> and so I, I think that it was brave for Nicholas Sparks to get as close to gay bashing as he did. <laughs> What what definition of the word brave are you using right now, Chris? <laughs> um, well, you know, the, the one where you be all you can be. And uh, apparently sometimes what Nick Sparks can be is uh, a gay basher. Yeah. <laughs> but never the few in the proud, right? That's the, never the few. That, that guy was on lunch when he, <laughs> he walked by. That guy, that guy was on lunch, and have you seen how many books Nick Sparks has written? There is not. There is neither few nor proud. <laughs> Is last or penultimate? Penultimate. Okay. The thing I liked about it is there were cookies at one point. <laughs> um, yep. The way that uh, John's dad shows him that he, he, he is happy is by making pamper cookies, which is kind of a <laughs> honestly a much better form of communication than I think that most families have going on. So um, <laughs> say what you will about um, Nicholas Sparks' view of, of people with Asperger's, but um, I think he... He definitely shows a nice model for how, how family relations could work. Like you walk yeah. into the kitchen and you look for cookies, and if there are no cookies, you're like, I'm going to get the belt tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, even peanut butter cookies is a pretty damn good choice. I went home at Christmas, there was oatmeal raisin. I was, mm. you know, oh, I had to take what I could get, but, that's you know. like a That's a subtle fuck you. Yeah, someone was trying to tell you something there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So You're yeah. on my cookie list, but not my good cookie list. <laughs> yeah, I'm not taking a fork and pushing patterns into you. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part about the cookie scene was that he got cookies from his dad, and then immediately after receiving the cookies, took his girlfriend out for ice cream. That's an afternoon. <laughs> Dude. He's like, let's make a day of this. <laughs> Apparently, army guys can have really, really super high metabolisms. Well, they work out a lot. I mean, yeah. yeah. I say it's while eating chocolate right now. <laughs> <laughs> Very clearly through chocolate. <laughs> All right. For my compliment, I'm going to play you a clip. I really liked the frat guy's voices early on. And to contrast, this clip has the frat guy's voice. And it has Savannah's voice, which is really grating and awful. Yes. I like the comparison here. So check out this clip. The splash sounded like a fish jumping. What was that? He asked, turning around. My bag, the brunette gasped. You knocked it off. Sorry about that, he said, not sounding particularly sorry. My purse was in there. He frowned. I said I'm sorry. You've got to get it before it sinks. So her voice, annoying as all shit, and the frat guy is, you'll get it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get it. I especially liked how he included the bit about how they were Lacoste shirt-wearing frat boys. The yeah. only bit of sort of descriptive anything that he gives is, oh, yeah, just so you know, they're popped-collar Lacoste frat boys. That's very important. It's a very specific kind <laughs> yeah. of frat boy. We don't want to confuse you with the more like just stoner hang in the background and date rape girls frat boy. We want the... 
Yeah, that's the J. Crew. You know, this is, <laughs> they got the Gator of Rage. That's what got. Honestly, I think we we might have a spinoff on our hands of uh, the dad with these frat guys. I think like that would kind of be a, a fun sitcom. I'd probably watch that. <laughs> hey, old man, why are you so quiet? Thanks, for the eggs, Dad. <laughs> Tell me about that quarter. Okay. It killed me the the bit about when they were talking about how they loved going coin hunting and the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> Just like that phrase seemed like such an odd juxtaposition to me. Just being like going through old vintage coin stores and feeling like you're in the jungles of Africa with the a, deadliest you know, prey. <laughs> that's a goddamn buffalo nickel. Oh, well, actually, the buffalo nickels are extinct. Oh, yeah, no. that's just, oh. damn it. <laughs> they hunted the buffalo nickels into extinction. Absolutely. Yeah, but might I say also that like, coin hunting is still much more fun than coin trapping. Not a lot happens there. <laughs> they almost never go for the bait. And, and by now we're just we've gotten so good at it that it's basically just coin harvesting at this point. You just, <laughs> just pull a bunch of them in, including wheat back pennies. Oh, oh. bam! Agriculture puns. <laughs> this great idea i was gonna make you summarize the book for us but since you don't know the last section would you summarize up to what you have read for us sure give chris a break this week all right so this book's not about anything (laughs) 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 all right but who is in this book about nothing Essentially, John is kind of a screw-up. He's just sort of drifting through life, not doing anything, and he realizes this right around the age of, like, 20 uh, because he has a relationship with his dad that is very odd. Initially, his dad is just very quiet and reserved. I loved how that's how he painted Asperger's. He's just got a hobby, and he's quiet. Somehow that that equals Asperger's. He really likes bacon. Anybody else who likes bacon might have Asperger's. If you make peanut butter cookies, you might have Asperger's. So he joins the military, and it is of no consequence. Nothing happens. He's just there. So he gets back from nothing camp, and he's surfing, and then he sees these two girls... And these two frat boys sneak up on them. Apparently during the exchange, uh, one of the frat boys knocks the brunette's purse into the ocean. And then John, for some reason, pretends like it's a dying child and dives <laughs> into the ocean after it. You know, he retrieves it like a, a good dog and then, you know, brings it back. And so he get, he gets to go to the nighttime party barbecue where he has, like, potato salad. And potato chips he has in the same meal, which is heaven. <laughs> a lot of starch. <laughs> I just pray for him. It's early. In... No, it's late in the day. That's so bad for his diet. <laughs> Those carbs are just going to sit. <laughs> Turn into triglycerides later on. Bunch of jerks. You guys ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> right, so he goes to the barbecue and... Uh... He talks to her and they have this really inane banter back and forth where she divulges how religious she is yeah. and how she's here to as part of Habitat for Humanity because her whole life revolves around helping other people, which I don't understand at all. But... <laughs> I'll be honest, I got confused. At this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, somehow a day later he's in love with her. Uh, Chris, now it is time for a professional to step in and finish the job. So, like Nick said, nothing really happens um, until it does. Which is kind of fun. So, 
Yeah, I know, right? You just invalidate my one comment. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, okay, well, let's go on a date. And she's like, hey, instead of that, let me go meet your dad. Seriously, basically, like, I never thought of it. I didn't really occur to me before, but when we're describing it now, it's like just a series of red flags. Yeah. <laughs> she wanted to meet his dad between the first and second date. He said, I love you on the second date. Like in the first 10 minutes he's talking to her, she's said that she's super religious and doesn't believe in premarital sex. It's just a series of, of do not enter signs. Right. Oh, oh wait, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> oh, go, go, go. I forgot to mention the fact that, uh, her first major relationship with someone involved being essentially almost date raped. Yes. Um, and that someone may have roofied her drink. So, that's that's her one window to sexual relationships. And that that is also like second or third date. That's a red flag. You got baggage, that's cool, but hang on to it for a while. Let's know each other first. Yeah. Okay, so guys, you're saying all these red flags, but you haven't talked about the two green flags, which is I'm pretty sure they're both really hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so 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 let's finish up with her father and then we'll uh, we'll just go for Oh yeah. Yeah. So she hangs out with the father and then later she's like, "Hey, I got you a gift." It's a book about Asperger's because your dad totally has Asperger's. And then he has a, a rage reaction. He's allergic to uh, diagnoses. <laughs> Answer. It's like, is there a problem? Can I beat it up? <laughs> it's a really easy troubleshooting uh, model right there. It's a really simple flowchart. <laughs> How many of you think that the accidental, quote-unquote, elbow to Tim's face... <laughs> was a secret manifestation of his desire to fuck up Tim's face. <laughs> his not-so-secret desire. <laughs> Honestly, I think it was a manifestation of some uh, some underlying sexual tension between him and Tim. Mm. I want to put something hard in your face. So the opening was some period in the future, we don't know how far, and John is like parked on a hill wearing camouflage using binoculars <laughs> to watch Savannah go about her day, and he thinks about how this is the last time he'll ever see her, and that he broke up with her, and how he thought they'd be in love forever, and blah, blah, blah. This is the second Nicholas Sparks book we've read, and here we are again with a creepy guy spying on a woman scene. Okay, but this isn't really spying, because I'm pretty sure he's doing it with a sniper scope. And that's why it's the last time he's ever going to see her. <laughs> that makes it okay. That's true. Why does Nick Sparks think that a, that spying on people, the stalking is okay? Honestly, I mean, we get the same thing from Twilight. I mean, apparently this is just where romance is at. Like, <laughs> stalk every, you is to love you. Every romantic book we've ever read has have involved stalking. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's, it's, it's a lot like hitting on somebody at work, right? It, it's only stalking if it's unwanted or unwarranted. Right? <laughs> if, if they deem it uncomfortable. Because otherwise, I mean, Romeo's a stalker, right? If he goes to her window and you, you're like, hey, Juliet, come out, right? If she doesn't want to come out, that's stalking. Right, but he's not using a high-powered scope. I mean, <laughs> wait, are we, do we know that for sure? Have yeah. we actually, or no, is that no, just no. we're putting just, that in his mouth? That, well, wait, he's I'm putting that in his mouth. Of course, that's what it is. Maybe it's just like a really—it's not really that good of a hiding place. You know, maybe it's just like a bush, like a cut out of a bush. He's just like kind of brought really close to her. <laughs> he's like, she'll never know I was here. It's the last time I'm gonna see her. There's one thing the United States Army has taught, has taught me: it's overconfidence. <laughs> uh. 
know, maybe what I'll do for the second half is I'll try to listen to it while I'm eating yogurt and see if that fixes anything. <laughs> maybe there's like a chemical reaction between the two. Wait, is that the most feminine food you could think of? Is that what makes it? <laughs> no, like there are other girly foods, but that's the one that guys don't like. Like girls like ice cream, but that's not fair. I also like ice cream. Yogurt's hella good. What the fuck's wrong with you? Dude, yogurt sucks. Yogurt kind of no. sucks. No, I'm Nick. totally okay with yogurt. Nick? Um, I eat yogurt only in private because there's an appropriate degree of shame that I feel when I have it. <laughs> right, I'm going to say that's two to one and a half. I think we win. Yogurt sucks. <laughs> hey, so so what is it going to take in the second half to make this book good? Oh, I have an idea. Go. John and his dad team up Rambo style <laughs> and go uh, rescue Savannah, I think, from like German Nazi soldiers. <laughs> Very old Nazi soldiers. <laughs> The originals. Yeah. <laughs> In electronic wheelchairs. Hell Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I'd see that. Yeah, I'd watch that. My thought, what would make this, the second half that would make this okay, is uh, if it turned out that Savannah was secretly a Chinese spy <laughs> and that this whole relationship was just to find out military secrets from him. Awesome. <laughs> it's suddenly a Clancy novel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be so good. And then eventually he has to kill the one he loves. That's why he's spying on her from the hill. Oh, that would be so good. Mm, that would be yeah. good. And if it were really like a Clancy novel, we'd be just hear all about the, the details of, of the inner workings of his gun and like <laughs> all the different like you know technical jargon. I would love it. Love well, we it. could really use some detail. <laughs> <laughs> Any adjectives I think would be welcome. <laughs> I'm already not looking forward to seeing the movie. <laughs> I mean, this was true for the Twilight books, but I'm really not looking forward to this, guys. I mean, I mean, okay. So the, the same thing will apply as applies to all of our other movies is that we'll get to see some of the things that are poorly described. For example, apparently her butt looks great in a bikini. Yes, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, th- there's a lot of great options, though. I think to make this interesting when they turn into a movie. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but it's the guy who. The guy who starred in G.I. Joe is uh, is going to be John. And so there might be a cameo by Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> Logically, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. There's been a lot of crossovers lately. Yeah, right? <laughs> and, and the, the blonde girl was in uh, Mean Girls, so I'm really hoping to see Tina Fey at some point as well. Wait, 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 wait. Is, it, is it the same girl who was in The Notebook? No, no, no it's, no, it's no. a stupid girl from uh, Mean Girls, not, not the main blonde, bitchy girl. Blonde girl, really big eyes. Yeah, oh, Seaford, okay. whatever. Yeah, she's been in a lot of shit recently, actually. Yeah, good yeah. for her for getting work. <laughs> yeah, take yeah. that, the vaguely ethnic third one who hasn't had any starring roles in anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to her? <laughs> Just thinking as you were ago, you were like, way to go getting work. Are you always impressed when a hot blonde girl finds work in the movie? <laughs> that always a surprise to you? Um, I mean, I have to imagine there's more hot blonde girls than there are movies. So, yeah. (laughs) Oh, can we have a discussion about how he has shame for his father about the ugly refrigerator? Can we talk about some latent homosexual tendencies? Yes. Yes. Please. Yes, we can talk about that. Please. Why not? Expound on that, Nick. There's nothing to expound about. That's just 
that's just weird. <laughs> he really is upset that his dad bought an ugly fridge. Yeah. Which I guess we must learn is another one of those symptoms of Asperger's. <laughs> Inability to know when a fridge is attractive enough. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we're, we're in Jeff Foxworthy territory again. Your dad might have Asperger's when your fridge <laughs> is green and he doesn't seem to care. <laughs> your dad might has, have Asperger's if he reads the newspaper in order from front to back. <laughs> During <laughs> breakfast. Crazy. Your dad might have Asperger's. Oh, I just meant, doesn't your dad read a lot of newspapers? I wasn't, oh. Oh. I wasn't <laughs> starting to do it. I was saying your dad might have asked <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine why I was confused by that. Uh... <laughs> this is, uh, we also wrote The Notebook, Nick, early on mm. in our careers. and I've actually seen The Notebook, Oh, too. you have. There you go. You, yeah, so you know, basically the same book. Wait, is that Nicholas Sparks? It is. Oh, yep. yeah, it is, because it, it is the exact same story. <laughs> it's, yep. the, the disease is different, and it moved from his wife to his father, and uh, that's basically it. Everything else is exactly the same. That's hilarious, because I, I was just going to admit that I had never read or understood anything about Nicholas Sparks, and I had no idea who this guy was, and I was like, how do you guys know how crappy he is already? <laughs> but now I know, because the notebook was crappy. He's totally crappy. Twist. I was like, oh, look, it's his wife reading the thing, because he's old. I <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite part of the movie bit was when uh, he was talking about when he lived in like the cabin by himself when he was like, grief stricken over the loss of his lady. Yeah, where he was the, the narrator is like, well, he occasionally took women to his bed, but and they just show him sad and dejected. <laughs> and there's just this way that you, when he's sleeping with other girls, you're like, oh, but he's so tortured, he really just wishes. That it were the other girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's okay to bang anybody you want as long as you look dejected while you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, baby, I, I was sad while I was doing it. That actually works for anything, I think. You can get away with anything if you're sad while you're doing it. <laughs> I think it's time for the uh, second half of our compliment sandwich. So we are going to go in reverse order of the way we went in the first time, which means I get to be first. So for my second second compliment, I have another clip to play you. So what's happening is uh, he's just shown his tattoos to Savannah, and she decodes them for him. Let's play that clip. On you, they do tend to project a certain image, and I suppose it fits. What image is that? She pointed to the tattoos one by one, starting with the Chinese characters. This one tells me that you live life by your own rules and don't always care what people think. The infantry one shows that you're proud of what you do. And the barbed wire, well, that goes with who you were when you were younger. That's quite the psychological profile. Here I thought it was just that I liked the designs. I'm thinking about getting a minor in psychology. I think you already have one. So my com- uh, my compliment is that that's a pretty accurate depiction of how easy it is to get a psych minor. <laughs> oh, <laughs> UNC. <laughs> At a big state school, you just there's no classes or anything. You just have to walk up, read a guy's tattoos. Bam, you get it. To be fair, it still doesn't do anything for you having a psych minor. But, <laughs> well, huh? no, it doesn't even. Uh, you don't even get to put that on resumes. You don't get to walk either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, well, just the, the stupidest thing about that entire piece, and I don't mean to undercut your compliment here, but <laughs> he already told her about each one of those tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's not even that she's using her advanced social intelligence to decode all of his tattoos. It's he's already spent time telling her that the Chinese character is Chinese for go fuck yourself and that the infantry tattoo is an infantry tattoo and the barbed wires from his darker Days. I, I love you know, the like, description of that. Actually, she just she just said, and the and the barbed wire is a sign of who you once were. Who who were you once? A bunch of steers who want to walk out onto the highway? What does that <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? All right, all right. New game. The game is we are all girls and we meet John with these tattoos. And what is our psych one? Because we all get honorary uh, right. psych minors <laughs> for doing this podcast. I actually have a psych minor. <laughs> I have a psych major. <laughs> I have a degree. But, uh, okay, so so given that we have a lot of psych going around, we get to interpret his tattoos. You're all girls. You meet this guy. You see that tattoo. What do you really respond? As Ezra as a girl, Alex as a girl, and Chris as a girl. Well, so we should give each other girl names so that this isn't confusing. Okay. I'll so. be Alexis. That's fine. I'll be... Chris, you could be Christina. Ezrina? <laughs> I like Ezret. I like Kate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> fine, I'll be Kate. All right, Kate, what, did you, what do you think of that tattoo? Um, the barbar tells me you probably have an STD. <laughs> <laughs> because you think the barbed wire is an adequate form of protection. <laughs> Christina. Sorry. <laughs> Don't respond to that, Christina. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Nicolette. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like a stop smoking aid. Yeah, it does. It sounds like we could chew on Nick and it would make it a lot easier. Chew on Nicolette gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see a guy with a, you know, buff guy, short haircut, infantry tattoo. I think, oh, his boyfriend is somewhere dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alexis, and I walk up and I see this guy. Clearly, what I think is uh, the tattoo of the Chinese character says, Caution has scabies uh, from his gay Chinese lover that he used inadequate protection with. Oh. It's the Chinese scarlet letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's go to uh, Me. Ezra. Yeah, it's your compliment. Honestly, the most compelling part of this book was the relationship between John and his dad. If this had just been like, you know, Dear John, from your dad, yeah, who has Asperger's, that you just realized, <laughs> but still loves you and does everything he can to support you. You know, honestly, I probably would you know, be happy reading this. Like, I don't know what makes Nicholas Sparks think that he can do uh, romance, and what makes people read Nicholas Sparks thinks that he, you know, that this is a romance romantic book. But honestly, I'm I'm, I'm kind of more interested about a couple dudes trying to hard to communicate with cookies and bacon. <laughs> I mean, wow. maybe talking about girls in bikinis is something that can help them. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, sure. I or want guys say, in bikinis, if that's, you know. <laughs> Here's hoping. Yeah. Chris, what do you have to say? So one of the other major arcs that I'm not sure we've really touched on is how John has basically been a story of failure up till he joined the military and then met Savannah. So he started out, and this is my favorite part because I really I see it as a great little montage moment. In one single summer at age eight, he was not only able to build his own treehouse without any adult supervision just by collecting scraps, but he also learned how to surf. Yeah. So I just see like this like super kid. 
you know, like he's, he's a genius at building things and he learns on the waves and like he's so industrious and he's good at school and he's good at sports. And then things sort of trail off as he discovers smoking and drinking and, you know, like, yeah, it's just this great failure. But I want to see the montage. I want to see like baby to age 12 just being awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then age 12 to like on just kind of petering out and just have that like kind of comic book arc. You know, interestingly enough, he was very successful at all this stuff while he was helping his dad collect coins. And then as soon as he stopped, his life fell apart. And now his life's totally getting back together now that he's talking to his dad about coins again. So maybe there is a bit of a morality story here. Maybe his dad is Mario. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Mario runs around collecting coins. Oh, it's yeah. true. He gets extra lives for every 100. I mean, like... <laughs> His dad is going to live for an extra 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> Does this mean that Mario has Asperger's? Is that what we've learned from this? Uh, I don't I mean, he really is pretty singularly focused on going from left to right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that reference is like 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Nick, your last compliment. I really liked the um, – remember when I said nothing happened at boot camp? Mm-hmm. I meant it. But it also had my favorite line of description, which uh, John is talking about, what he learned in boot camp. right? And I want you to just brace yourself for this detail right? because <laughs> it, is, it is overwhelming. <laughs> and it's going to take a minute for me to get out. Okay. But essentially, his learnings at the Army training camp were to kill people and break things. <laughs> That's a quote. To kill people and break things. Yeah. <laughs> what could you teach someone about breaking things? <laughs> Isn't that mostly an intuitive process? <laughs> Saying drop it off a house. Done. <laughs> <laughs> which which works for killing people too, if you have a big enough house. It's hard it's hard though to transport a house, I think is really the issue. You know, there's no mobile version of a house, I guess, that would be tall enough. So it's like you can't like get your pack out, build a house. Bring someone up to the top of it, drop them off. Like that's like that's not really combat ready. <laughs> I love the picture of like the World War II trench warfare. If instead they were both like rushing to build houses and pushing each other up the stairs. <laughs> that's what he's doing with Habitat for Humanity. That's what they're building. <laughs> building a doomsday device. <laughs> Hey, so what happened to uh, Chris and, and Nick? Where did they go? Oh, well, uh, it's funny you should mention that. See, Chris went to war uh, very briefly. Oh, no. Uh-huh. And, uh, and Nick you know, was really, really distraught, so he just decided to you know, build houses for a little while. Um, you know, Chris told me he would never leave me and that he loved me. I'm terribly surprised by this turn of events. You know, I kind of saw it coming. <laughs> Don't, this is not an appropriate time to be smug. I'm really hurting here. <laughs> You'll get over it, trust me. Well, hopefully they'll come back right after we're done with the mailbag segment. I'm sure they will. Okay, good. So, a uh, brief tip into the mailbag today. First, a big thank you to Agatha, who sent us another great email. Uh, Agatha likes to update us with what she thought of the books that we've been reading, and she... So among a lot of great points that she mentioned about Left Behind movie, uh, I think my favorite one was that uh, she was complaining about the digital fighter planes, which she correctly mentioned were pulled straight from a PC video game. <laughs> like, they don't even look like they would have been current for the current 
technology. Yeah, I mean, no, no one would have been happy about putting that out. And I, and I would like to remind everybody that had they just put in one digital camel, it all would have worked fine. <laughs> Once again, digital camel fixes everything. Oh, and also, so we've gotten a lot of requests for other things to read slash watch or in other, in other ways disenjoy. And uh, a couple of thoughts. So first of all, yes, yes, we'll probably read Eclipse this summer. <sighs> <laughs> Uh, we've got a lot of people who really... It seems like no one actually wants us to read Eclipse, but everyone wants us to read Breaking Dawn. Uh, but we're not allowed to just skip a book. Uh, we could, can we skip two books? <laughs> I, uh, nobody that uh, has mentioned it has said, oh, I'm so stoked to hear you take on Eclipse. It's always like, I can't wait till you get to the fuckery that is Breaking Dawn. Maybe that means that Eclipse is good, you know? Well, actually, speaking of people suggesting something that's actually good, is we did... Uh, Nikki asked us to watch and critique Triumph in the Closet, the brilliant R. Kelly hip hopera. Like, there's just nothing to say. It's just too good. Yeah, we, we can do a short one. Um... It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's been critiqued. Well, yeah, so thanks for those suggestions. Keep sending us more suggestions, and uh, golly, I hope the U.S. government releases Chris and Sadness releases Nick back to us. So Yeah, one one of these days, Ho- something will happen. Hopefully some really good music will play right now, and then they'll show up again, and people will believe that this happened. We can only hope. so much for listening thank you very much nick for joining us this week Yay. <laughs> thanks uh as and chris as always Ooh. oh wait i have one other yep. thing i want to add real quick. say do you guys want to play guessing how what kind of crazy pun integration he's gonna pull off with the title yes the dear john that his name is john that she's <laughs> writing in the letter or maybe <laughs> yeah I, I have an yeah. idea uh i think it's gonna be a, i think it's gonna be a twist it's actually gonna be written to a toilet <laughs> Or to uh, you know someone who goes to see a prostitute. <laughs> it's secretly written by Yoko Ono. <laughs> Talking about underwear, long underwear specifically. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, if you want to join us next week, we're going to be listening to the second half of the of the book, and then the following week, we're going to sit through this movie in public. Uh, so uh, really, if- is that like when it opens? Is next week? Yep. In two weeks Ooh, in the, the fifth, fourth, I think. Fifth? Yeah, yeah. So if you've ever wanted to hear three guys sighing audibly in a theater, try to find uh, the showing that we're going to because <laughs> Yeah, so uh, once again, uh, audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep if you want to get the audiobook free. Listen to the disc five through eight and uh, and we will catch you next week. Thank you, everybody. It's been fun. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash readitandweep. Also, you can send us an email, podcasts at readweep.com.